0: what's up everybody again i apologize that i haven't been doing this like i said i would on a more constant basis but i promise from now on i will and i'm going to be launching my youtube channel punch in the mouth tv very 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 soon i promise anyway episode 28 enjoy the show guys deuces What's up, everybody? I'm back. I'm sorry I went away. I know. Please don't get mad at me, but we're gonna get right into it. I know it's uh, you see, I go away and I lose everything. I'm kidding. Okay, we're gonna start off with the results of Pitbull versus McKee. I understand this happened like two weeks ago. I've been pretty busy, I do apologize, but we're going to get into it. AJ McKee defeats Patricio Ferdi. aka Patricio Pitbull, technical submission, guil- guillotine choke, two minutes into the first round. I was watching this fight, nervous, because I'm like, AJ's hey, got, I've been gassing AJ up, bro, like, you guys don't understand. I've been following this guy. Like, I started paying close attention to this guy. When I heard he was going to be in the tournament. Like, I knew how good he was. But when I heard they put him in the tournament, I was like, dang. AJ's the dark horse. Nobody knows how good this guy is. I don't even know if AJ knows how good he is. I guess he did. Because that dude passed that test with flying colors. You, there's something you guys got to understand here. AJ, I believe he's 15 and 0. Somewhere around there. He's. My point is, all his pro fights, he's 18 and 0. All his pro fights have taken place inside the Bellator cage. He made his Bellator debut on April 10th, 2015. And another thing you guys need to understand is during that time, I believe Pitbull was champion the whole time. So think about that, man. You go into a sport, you're looking at this guy. Since you started, he was champion. And you're the one to dethrone him. And he did it with ease. I believe his toughest fight was Pat Curran because they went all the way to decision. And they, I don't remember that fight very well, but they said that he was dominating that fight. And then he beat Georgie by KO punches, and then he beat Derek Campos. And then he beat Darian Caldwell. And then he beat Patricio Ferri Pitbull. We're going to get into what's next for AJ a little later. And then Matt Burnell defeated Emmanuel Sanchez. Usman Nurmagomedov beats Manny Moro. Islam Mameda beats Brett Primus. Goichi Yamauchi beats Chris Gonzalez. Bro, let me tell you something. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come up with an idea. I'm I'm going to talk about this idea later, but... Usman Nurmagomedov, I'm going to say it right here, what's today, what's today? August 17th, 3.30, or at whatever time you're hearing this, Usman Nurmagomedov is the best MMA fighter active right now. Right now, he is. I don't care what anybody tells me. His wrestling's on par with Khabib's. His stand-up is way better than Khabib's or Islam Mahashef's. Like, I don't care what anybody says to me. They're going to tell me I'm crazy. I don't care. I don't care. I believe he's number eight right now, okay? But I'm going to get into what's next for AJ, Usman, and even Pitbull next. We'll get into that a little later. Let's move on. Musasi versus Salter. Gegard Musasi beat the b- 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 breaks off of John Salter to get a third round TKO. Andre Kozhkov beats Abahomasi, thirty twenty seven. Two judges gave him thirty twenty six. For those who don't know, Andre Kozhkov has lost to Douglas Lima and Ben Askren. He's been in Bellator for a while. My um, surprise is Rafiyan Stouts beats Magomed, Magomed off. He beat him, and he beat him using wrestling, so that was kind of crazy. And then PFL happened. I'm getting through the events that happened. There was no UFC this past weekend, so originally I thought there was no fights, but there was PFL, and I had it up. Did I, do I not have it no more?
1: It's, it's right here. It's right here. Sorry
0: right here. Sorry about that. Is this the final? Is PFL ten October? 27th? Yes, it is. Okay, I didn't know that. oh The 13th, which was this past Friday, kicked off the first playoff matches, which featured... Study Boyu-Sai versus Magomed, Magomed Kirimanov. I hope I said that right. Magomad, Muggomad, Kiryamov. Magomad beat him. And then it also featured Rory McDonald versus Ray Cooper the third. Ray Cooper dominated Rory. I don't know what's next with Rory. I didn't see the fight because I was watching Bellator and like I couldn't figure out how to watch the two at the same time. So I don't know what's next for Rory. I hope he's able to figure it out. Um But something happened, right? I I I I wonder if he had an injury going into the fight because the first fight he had, he looked like the Rory McDonald of like two thousand and eight, bro, just murking everybody. The second fight he had I felt he won, but for whatever reason they gave it to Gleison T And then the third this fight, he just got dominated. So Magomed, Magomed Kirimov, Kirimov, Kirimov. Magomed Kirimov will fight Ray Cooper on October 27th, apparently. I'm just finding that out right now. And then this Thursday will be... Larissa Pacquiao versus Taylor Granada, Granado, Gardado, Kayla Harrison, and Gina Fabian will all fight this Thursday for the finals for the women's lightweight standings. That's gonna be a crazy but I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say Larissa Pacquiao. And Kayla Harrison are going to end up meeting in the Finals.
1: And the lightweight playoffs are set.
0: The week. Rad. Radishabov. will fight Rashid Manafio. Rashid Manafio. In the Finals. And then I'm assuming. I don't see any other. Oh, yeah. I don't know when these fights take. place. I don't know when the heavyweights are going to fight. Or when the light heavyweights are going to fight. Because. So they're going to have next week. They're going to have on Thursday. They're going to have their second round of playoffs. And then the following week. They're going to have the third round of playoffs. And then, I guess on October twenty seventh, they're gonna have the finals. Yeah, October twenty seventh. This was the final of the playoffs for all divisions. Winners getting a, a million dollar cash prize. Yeah, they, they're already. Clarissa Shields is gonna fight again. Ray Cooper the third and Magomed are fighting again. Loiki and Raush are fighting, so they're just waiting for all these other fights to happen. We all know who the main event should be if they both make it to the finals. Like, come on, bro. We all know. Um, a playoff fight that's probably getting lost in the shuffle is Antonio Carlos Jr. Cara de Zapato. Versus Emiliano Sordi. That's a good fight right there. Don't miss that. I'm going to check out when that is. So, yeah. So, PFL schedule uh, is... It's just a matter of seeing what happens and hopefully nobody gets hurt. But their schedule set. I don't know who you guys got. I think Kayla Harrison's gonna win the tournament, and then it's interesting because if she wins after this, she becomes a free agent. So the world is her oyster, like they say, because she could go to UFC or she could go to Bellator, cause Chris Cyborg's there. Amanda Nunes is in UFC. She's proven she can make featherweight. we shall see. We shall see. But so let's go back. Let's talk about some UFC now. Uriah Hall vs. Sean Strickland. Crazy fight. Congrats to Sean Strickland for getting the W. That dude says some wild things. Like saying he wants to kill someone in the octagon. You don't want to do that, bro. I get it, you're a cage but come on. You don't want to do that. Damn, one judge game on 50-44? You don't want to be killing people in the octagon. Come on. Cyan buys... Um... it's Gloria the, Paula. Eric Godin wins. Jason Witt won. He beat my boy Brian Barberino. I like that guy. So what's next for Sean? He's fighting Luke Rockhold. November. F- it's either 5th or 6th. I can't remember the actual day. Let me see. The 31st is going to be Sunday, the 1st is Monday, the 2nd is Tuesday, the 3rd is Wednesday, the 4th, November 6th. That's the quote-unquote New York card, but there's a whole mess with that going on right now that they're trying to sort through. So we'll see, bro. Let's move on to Lewis versus Gain. Cyril Gain defeats Derek Lewis, TKO punches. Bro, if you would have told me this w- person, the winner of this, was gonna win by TKO, I would have been like, oh, it has to be Derek Lewis. And then if you would have told me, no, it's gonna be Cyril Gain, he's gonna make it look easy, I would have been like, you're absolutely out of your mind. You are absolutely out of your mind, but that's exactly what happened. Cyril Gain. He might be the best heavyweight there is right now. He might be able to take out Francis. He might be able to take out John Jones. He's probably going to take out Stipe.
1: So we'll see, man.
0: So, what's next room? He's finding Francis and Ganu. The only question is where? Is it going to be here in the States or is it going to be in France? I mean, th- the story behind this fight of Cyril Gain and Francis, you can't write it. These guys used to train together. And I guess Francis had a falling out with the head coach then. Excuse me. Ultimately, he moved to Vegas and started training out of extreme couture with coach Eric Dixon. And this guy's like, fine, I'm going to train another guy. Like, this guy has to be doing something right, right? He made two world champions out of Francis Ngannou and Cyril Gain. So this coach, he's a bad coach. He's a bad dude. Like, when are we going to start putting some respect on his name rather than the athletes? He must be doing something, right? Like, are there outliers, I guess? What if these dudes are just freak athletes? Possible. But, I find it a little funny. We don't want to give the coach some respect. The fact that both of these guys came out of his gym. You got to start seeing the coach. Like, he must be doing something, right? So... If you ask me, I'd say you wait till twenty twenty two and see if you could do this fight your breath. Mm.
1: <laughs>
0: I apologize. <laughs> Apologies. The reason I say that is because France just got France just legalized mixed martial arts competition, and they deserve a big fight, especially two people Fra- Fra- Francis is, is from Cameroon but he used to call Paris his home and Cédric Guyen is from there so they, they they deserve it like I believe France deserves this this win you do it in France you could do it here in the states but I don't think it you capture the magic that it would have been if it would have been done in France I reached out to Francis's manager because I heard about something that I'm going to get into later that I believe Francis is stuck in, but they're not getting back to me. So I'm going to keep pressing. See if I can get some more information on that. But yeah, hopefully 2022 we see Ciro Gain versus Francis Ngannou in France. Somewhere in France. Jose Aldo versus Pedro Munoz. Bro, Jose Aldo is a goat. I remember being younger and be like, dude, Jose's done. Like when he fought Chad Mendes the second time I thought Chad Mendes won that fight. But Jose he just keeps defying the odds. And now he's moved down to one thirty five and he's top five. And he can compete with these guys. Don't forget he was winning rounds against Peter Jan, bro. Like just because Peter put it on him at the end of the fight doesn't mean that Jose was getting outclassed the whole fight. He wasn't. And we don't know what these long flights to Abu Dhabi does to these fighters. Look at what it did to Paulo. He couldn't sleep. How do I know the same thing didn't happen to Reyes? You don't know. Like There's these little things that we, as fans, we don't think about. Like These guys have to get on certain time zones because they're fighting in the morning for the most part. Like, the things we don't think, we just see the fight for what it is. We don't see what the little things these guys go through. So, I would like to see Jose Aldo get another big fight. They're saying he wants to fight TJ Dillashaw. I'm not against it. I'm pretty sure TJ doesn't want to fight him because he wants to fight for the title. But I wouldn't mind seeing Jose fight Corey Sandhagen either. I didn't pull up the rankings, son of a biatch, bro. I wouldn't mind seeing him fight Corey Sandhagen either. The world is his oyster again. The world is your oyster, Jose. Bro, why is John Jones still number one on the pound for pound rank? When are we going to put Kamar Usman? Dude, I think I'm going to have a fit every time I see this. I'm going to have a fit every time I see this. Why is John Jones still on the pound for pound rank ra- number one rather than Kamar Usman? Golly, man. Golly. Where was I? Jose Aldo's number five. Above him is Rob Font. Corey Sanhagen, TJ Dillashaw, and Peter Yan. Peter Yan's going to fight Alderman Sterling October 30th. Marlon has a win over Jose, but come on, bro. The judges were smoking some good stuff that night. Sorry, Marlon. You know I love you, Sayatama One Punch Man. But come on, bro. So if I was Jose, I would accept the fight with either one of those. Because they're going to get you closer to the title shot. Even if it is Rob, even if he is the one that's less known. It's still a dangerous fight. You put him in your back pocket. Boom. There it is. Vicente Luque versus Michael Chiesa. Are you guys gonna start believing me when I tell you Vicente Luque was the dark horse? Are you? Or are you gonna be like, Adrian, you're still full of shit? I mean, it's fine either way, because I've been saying this guy is the dark horse. I've been saying it. I don't know why everybody else doesn't want to agree with me. Like, why don't you want to agree with me? Can you tell me? Where is this thing?
1: Why doesn't anybody wanna agree with me? Tell me. You can't
0: tell me because, probably it's just nobody really knew who he was. Which is fine.
1: But still, um.
0: What was I saying, Vicente Luque? That dude is. It's his time, bro. It's his time. Let's see. You got Kobe Covington at one, Gilbert Burns at two, Leon Edwards at three, Vicente Luque at four, Stephen Thompson at five. How the heck is Jorge going up? Jorge Mazadal at six. It looks like Jorge is going to end up fighting either Leon Edwards or Gilbert Burns. He, and it just depends what Vicente... Okay, if Masvidal fights Burns, you make Vicente fight Edwards. Because if. There's a lot of moving parts to this. If Mazadol could take out Burns. And Colby loses t- to Usman. The winner of Vicente and Edwards. Would probably end up being the number one contender. For the simple fact that Mazadol has lost twice to Usman. But. But if, if if Masvidal takes out Burns and Colby Covington takes out Usman, you have Masvidal versus Covington for the world title. Or another thing is you could do the trilogy fight with Usman if Covington beats him because he's been such a dominant champion, you know what I mean? Whoever it is Vicente fights next is going to be interesting because it's going to get him closer to the title shot. And it's going to get to a point where we can't deny this guy anymore. He deserves a title shot. Again, the dark horse, like I've been telling everybody. Nobody wants to believe me. Nobody wants to believe me. So now moving on to this weekend fight. With Bellator, you got to check Congo vs. Sergei Karotanov. And then Adam Borreggs will fight JJ Wilson. Logan Storley will fight Dante Sixio. Billy Swanson will fight Malicio Gomin. Keith Lee will fight Jonel Lugo. And then the following week you have... Not the following week, but... The, on September 18th you have... Phil Davis versus Joel Romero and Alejandra Laura versus Diana Barnett. Why my boy Joel Romero looking rough on the on the poster, bro? My boy's looking rough. Have you guys seen it? If you haven't seen it, go look it up. Davidson versus Romero official poster. My boy's looking rough. <laughs> and then this weekend, you got Jared Cannonier versus Kevin Gastelum. He was originally supposed to fight Pablo Costa, but then that whole um, I never signed to fight stuff happened. Yada yada. Wh- whatever it was, th- whatever disagreement they had. Happened, so Kevin Gastelum ended up stepping in to face Jerry Cannonier this weekend. He's going to be at the Apex. Clay okay, Guido is going to fight Mark Manson. Chase Sherman is going to fight Parker Porter. Wink Pichel is going to fight Austin Hobard H- And Alejandro Pantoja is going to fight Brandon Roybal. That's a good fight. That's a good fight right there. It's probably a sleeper right there, dude. Is this the f- and then that ne- is this next weekend? Dude, next weekend, the ultimate fighter finale is gonna be Edson Barbosa versus Giga Chikatsu. Oh my god! Oh, this is where Kevin Lee is gonna fight. E- E. This is yeah. This is gonna be the finale. This is gonna. Be, I cannot wait. I'm too excited for this. Bro. I cannot wait for this. I'm excited to watch. De- bro, first of all. Can the media start giving Danny Rodriguez some respect and covering him more? I tried to reach out, but um, Danny didn't want any part of me, so what can I do? What can I do, bro? But the media needs to start covering Danny Rodriguez more. He deserves it, man. The week after that is Brunson versus Till. Man. The UFC is on fire right now. Fire. Fire, I tell you. Fire.
1: Hmm. Okay. Okay. Are you guys ready?
0: So, after the AJ fight, Found out about this rule. That. The MMA organizations put in their contracts. In the case that. A fighter wins the belt. On the last fight of their contract. It's known as the champ clause. So basically what this champ clause does is. For example. Let's say. I'm. Going in on my last fight on my contract and I fight for the belt and I win What this champ clause does is since I have the belt my Contract is automatically extended for a whole year or three fights. So basically what that means is I can fight three times without signing a new deal or I Could just sit out a whole year And wait for the contract to expire This is about AJ, AJ's McKee future is filled with possibilities after claiming the Bellator featherweight title from Patricio Ferry. McKee assumed the role of undefeated title holder this past Saturday when he ended Ferry's reign with a first round submission in the Bellator 263 headliner which took place at the Forum in Inglewood, California. It was a flawless performance and one that put the mercenary in a promising position moving forward. Going in the fight was technically the last McKee, the last on McKee's current contract. However, the fact that he won the title kicked in a champions clause. McKee said which extended his deal for three fights. Also has the option to sit out twelve months, which would bring the deal to its expiration. McKee says he has yet to speak with Bellator President Scott Coker about negotiating a new deal, but it's something that will happen soon, he said. McKee hears the noise about a potential move to the UFC, but a realistic avenue to make that move has yet to present itself. And he wants to hear what his current promoter has to say. And then this is AJ. That's what I'm looking forward to. Sit down and talk, McKee like told the MMA junkie on Monday. It's a conversation to have. I think we'll come to an agreement. There are things I want to do out there. Snickers, undefeated Porsche. There are things I want to do out there. It's time for Bellator to show me my value. It's time to take care of me. I've shown them what I'm willing to do, and I think they're more than happy and more than excited to continue to work with me. And see what the future holds for us as a team and a unit. Although McKee is optimistic, he said, he does have some lines drawn in the sand. He doesn't want to go two steps forward and one step back. And due to his $1 payday that came with beating Ferry in Bellator's featherweight grand prix final, he thinks there's a standard involved. We gotta sit down and talk some numbers, McKee said. I made a million, so we gotta sit down and talk. See what's next. That's the millionaire mindset. That's the Floor Mayweather thing. At 26 and with a perfect MMA record, McKee said his title win is just the beginning of what he forecasts to be a special career. If he remains in Bellator in the long term and has continued success through the talk, though the talk of a UFC move will get louder and gain more traction. McKee has said in the past that he sees his future in the octagon as inevitable but is unsure on a specific time frame but now he's bound to bellator for at least three more fights he said it's better to keep focused on the short term six months six years it doesn't matter when i get to the ufc mckee said at the end of the day as long as i'm cashing in big checks i'm okay i'm happy i'm satisfied as long as i'm able to do things i want to do and create openings new opportunities with new companies the second and The second all that hard work pays off, that's when I can say, okay, what is there more for me to do? But at this point, the fruits of my labor are being enjoyed so much, what need is there to do that? There's really no rush, it's just the beginning. The crazy part, this is the first world title and I haven't even defended it yet. I'm looking to get the second world title, that's what I've been calling for, champ champ. The pursuit of champ champ status could be what's on deck for McKee. The idea of a rematch for Ferry's lightweight belt is already a prominent talking point in the aftermath of Bellator 263 and McKee said he's very much on board. He's already had the upper hand over Ferry due to the victory due to his victory over the Brazilian, but McKee doesn't think a second fight at 155 is likely to play out differently. So basically that's what that is. I have an idea. Scott Coker. Listen to what I'm about to say. You do the lightweight Grand Prix. You do the lightweight Grand Prix. And do it as an eight man tournament. Do it as an eight man tournament. Your competitors will be. Patricio Pitbull. Patricky Pitbull, Islam
1: Mamedov,
0: Usman Nurmagomedov, Brett Remis, Peter Queeley, Benson Henderson, Okay, okay, wait, 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 let me, let me redo that. So your, your, your competitors will be Patricio Pitbull, Patricky Pitbull, Brett Primus, Benson Henderson, Peter Quili Goichi Yamauchi,
1: Usman Nurmagomedov. AJ McKee
0: again competitors Pitbull Patricio. Well, the two Pitbull brothers Benson Henderson, Goichi Yamauchi, Brett Primus, Peter Queeley, Usman Narmagomero, and AJ McKee. I mean, AJ, (coughs) he's their number one pound for pound guy right now, so, AJ deserves to be in the tournament, and that fulfills his champ clause thing, it'll give him three fights, I don't know the order, but if you ask me, this is, okay, where'd my thing go, so I can give you guys, this is me, so listen, Bellator, listen, listen, I'm doing your job for you, Okay, ready? In the opening round, I would put Peter Quilley versus Patricio for the simple fact that Peter Quilley beat Patricchi. For the opening round for Patrici, I would put him versus AJ because he said we could make it a family affair at the press conference.
1: For Benson Henderson, I would make him fight Brett Premise. So,
0: did I already do two fights? Okay, that's four people right there. Brett Premise versus Goichi Yamauchi because Brett Premise isn't even in the top 10, but he, he deserves to be because I believe he beat Islam. That's six, right? And then you put Goichi Yamauchi versus Usman Nurmagomedov for the simple fact that one of them is five and the other one is six. There you go. I just did the tournament for you. Please make it happen. Because if it works, if AJ loses, okay, go back down and defend your belt. If he wins, he'll be in a similar position to Ryan Bader. If you win, keep going. And potentially, if AJ wins all three fights, he could walk out of Bellator, champ, champ. It doesn't sound like he wants to leave because, again, it's all incentives, right? Because with Bellator, there's many other avenues for them to make money where in UFC it isn't. Because he could probably get a fat deal to sponsor with Snickers or Porsche like he wants to wear in UFC. He can't. I'm talking about AJ here. But did you listen, Bellator? Did you listen? I did your job for you. I just did the lightweight Grand Prix for you. I hope you listened, Bellator. I really do hope you listened. Okay.
1: We're going to be talking about UFC 268. What's going on here? Why can't I find this? Did I just find it? The UFC 268,
0: it's supposed to be in New York, right? New York is about to implement this vaccine mandate that encumbers attendees, security. Basically, everybody and everybody, including performers that are in an indoor event due to COVID, have to be vaccinated and be able to show proof if they... Want to perform or attend or do anything indoors in, a, in the public. So, here we go. People attending indoor live events and performances across New York City will be expected to show proof of COVID vaccination along with photo ID starting August 17th, Mayor Bill Del Bellagio said on Monday. Del Bellagio, during a morning press conference, announced that he will sign an executive order and the city will begin educating New Yorkers on how the key of New York City vaccine mandate will work from its official launch at a later day on August 17th. The rollout will come ahead of expansion, inspections and enforcement at indoor city venues starting on September eight. 13th so basically this thing has started but they're not going to start enforcing it until september 13th to show proof of vaccination new yorkers will have to show a new york state auxiliary app a nyc covid safe app a photo or hard copy of their cdc vaccination card or another official vaccine record whatever works all you have to do is show that proof and have ID as well the Bellagio said okay I'm not going to go through the whole thing but so what's going on because of this mandate that that's going to affect performers like music artists UFC fighters anything because they're considered performers right because we're going to watch them to see them perform their art The reason I started saying this is because Kobe Covington versus Kamar Usman was slated to take place at Madison Square Garden on November 6th. If this mandate takes effect, I guarantee you that that fight's not happening. That's why they won't announce where it's happening. They've already announced fights. They've already announced. Luke Rockhold versus Sean Strickland. Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler. Supposedly they're working on Jorge Masvidal versus Gilbert Burns and finally Colby Covington versus Kamar Usman for the UFC title. The only reason they're not saying where it's taking place is because they don't know. Because they want it to happen in Madison Square Garden but with this mandate taking place, I wouldn't be surprised if we see it take place in Texas or in Florida. So that's what's going on there i reached out to the UFC, nobody's told me anything, I will keep trying. So, yeah. Don't ask me what I think about this because it honestly doesn't matter. Chad Mendez has signed with Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship. Although, it's weird. From my understanding, He's still under contract with the UFC, but they just let him do this, which is pretty dope because he owes them like three or four fights. Yes, see, it says also Mendes was still under contract with UFC. Although retired, he expected the promotion would call in the three or four fights he owed when he hung up his gloves. The opposite happened with some personal and managerial jiu jitsu, the UFC granted permission. For him to step into the ring for a bare-knuckle fighting championship debut, he expects to take place on October 22nd against a to-be-announced opponent at 155 pounds. That's crazy, man. I'm glad Chad being able to do that. I believe the last time we saw him fight, he actually fought Alexander Volkanovsky and he dropped Volkanovsky. I was there live. It was nuts. This is what, Ch- what Chad had to say, they technically could have said, you're not going anywhere, if you're going to fight, you're, n- if you're not fighting here, you're not fighting, Mendes just told what the heck, but I've always had a great relationship with the UFC and I think this is an awesome thing for them to let me make some money, my hats off to them for being cool in this situation, I didn't think, they would be honestly, I didn't, I thought it would be hell no. Boxing was always men. this favorite part of training. When he transitioned from wrestling to MMA, he didn't see a huge difference in removing a half inch or so of padding to fight. What happened? A move to bare knuckle boxing made sense physically.
1: It
0: only had to make sense financially. So Chad Mendez. October 22nd, this is my mom's birthday. Good luck, Chad. And honestly, I'll tell you this. I wouldn't be surprised if next year we see Chad inside the octagon. It's just a matter of him wanting to do it. Because the competition aspect. It's already there. Like he just doesn't want to do MMA at this point. Islam Mahashev. And Rafael Dos Anjos. Are going to be on that October 30th card. They were supposed to fight last year. On the Khabib card. But somebody got hurt. So it didn't happen. It's going to be good man. I want to see what Islam will do with. Rafael's leg kicks like that's gonna be the big thing right Can you stop his leg kicks and then can rafael stop the he won't be able to i'll tell you what i guarantee he's not gonna be able to stop the takedown but can you can you do enough to tire him out keep going with your leg kicks and eventually when it's a three round fight you don't have to win every second of it you just have to win the majority of it so we'll see what happens it's gonna it's a good fight. Multiple sources confirmed the matchup to MMA fighting on Tuesday after Dos Anjos initially revealed the offer for the fight on social media. At the time, Dos Anjos had already verbally accepted the date, location, and opponent. But Mahashev hadn't received the offer yet as he was returning home to Russia following a win over Thiago Moises in July. Now the highly touted Russian lightweight has accepted the fight. With Mahashev looking to build up his current A5 win streak in the division. Meanwhile, Dos Anjos returned. uh, So, again, they were sorted to fight, but. Somebody got hurt. I believe it was Dos Anjos that got hurt. Max Holloway versus Yair Rodriguez in the works for UFC main event November 13th. After an undisclosed injury bounced Max Holloway from the UFC Vegas 31 main event, matchmakers opted to rebook his 145-pound showdown against Yair for the promotion's upcoming fight card on November 13th. Though a city and venue have yet to be confirmed, that's according to to UFC President Dana White. Holloway 29 is looking to build on his empathetic victory over Calvin Cater at the organization's ABC event back in January, the first non-championship belt from blessed, from the blessed Hawaiian, following back-to-back title fights against Alexander Volkanovski. As for Rodriguez, he's been on the sidelines since capturing a unanimous decision victory over Jeremy Stevens at UFC on ESPN 6. In late 2019, Pantera has struggled to stay active, registering just two fights and one no contest over the last four years. Outside of a potential Holloway versus Rodriguez Headliner, the only other bout on paper for the November 13th card is a heavyweight showdown versus F- Felipe Iliens and against Open Saint Though you can expect more booking to start trickling in over the next several weeks. Stay tuned. It's a good fight. (laughs) Like, so Ortega and Volkanovski are fighting on September 25th, right? They're going to be like, if Ortega wins and Max wins, they're the next ones, right? Because the way Max beat him down, like, there's no denying if Ortega wins. Like, even if Volkanovsky wins. The other one is Giga Chikatsin. If Giga wins, you can I can see a point where they're going to be like, okay, we're going to give it to Giga just for new blood. But even... It depends the way they win. Like, it sucks to put it that way, but it also depends the way they win. Because if Giga and Barboza fight, and, like, they're both, like... It could have gone either way, but Max absolutely demolishes Yair Rodriguez, or even if Yair demolishes Max, you have to give it to the winner of this, right? So, we'll see. Paulo Costa will fight Marvin Vittorio on October 23rd. One-time UFC middleweight title challenger, Paulo Costa and Marvin Vittorio fell shorts and bids. To win the belt, but they'll try and stay in the mix by fighting each other at UFC Fight Night events scheduled for October thir- 23rd. Multiple people with knowledge of the negotiations confirmed the matchup's 10 May fighting after an initial report from ESPN.com. The October 23rd event location and venue have not been confirmed, but Fight Night events have been hosted at the UFC Apex in Las Vegas since the outbreak of the pandemic. After Vittorio was shut out by shared Costa rival and current middleweight champ Israel Adesanya at UFC 263, he targeted a matchup with the Brazilian Costa respondent by calling him a moron, setting the table for the fight. <laughs> Excuse me. Before meeting Adesanya, Costa was ranked number three in the MMA fighting global rankings, was undefeated with 13 wins including five straight in the UFC. His stock took a hit, however, when he was stopped in the second round and later claimed his loss was the result of drinking too much wine the night before the fight. He then trashed the UFC's pay scale on social media, drawing a fiery response from UFC president Dana White. Vittori, the number six ranked fighter, had won five straight in the UFC, including a decision win over Kevin Holland that solidified his number one contender status. The Italian fighter lost a split decision to Adesanya in his first meeting with the champ in April 2018. Okay. Apollo win. It's going to be interesting what they do, right? Remember how we talked about the champ rule? I'm just going to say this. If Paolo wins, it's going to be interesting um, what they do next with him. That's all I'm going to say.
1: You should know what I'm trying to get at. October 23rd. It's going to be interesting. Interesting.
0: Interesting. Apollo wins in devastating fashion. It's going to be interesting to see what they do. Dustin Poirier hints at retirement after winning UFC title. There's a chance that... Okay. First of all, I want to put out there that this article might be a little outdated because there has been some new stuff that I will get to regarding this. Gentleman, Mr. Dustin D- D- El Diamante Poirier. So let's go. There's a chance that Dustin Poirier may shift focused away from fighting and solely onto his Louisiana-style hot sauce if he is able to capture the UFC lightweight championship. Yeah. Dustin Poirier's dues have been long been paid in full. An eleven year veteran of the WEC slash UFC Poirier has earned every opportunity that has ever been given to him. Most recently with a three fight win streak that has cemented him as a number one as the number one contender, two of those wins have come over MMA's biggest star, the notorious Conor McGregor, to take home the bragging rights as the trilogy winner to pair well with a huge sum. Of money with a huge sum of money. Looking ahead there hasn't been much speculation about who will be next for Poirier. Reigning lightweight champion Charles Oliveira like Poirier, Oliveira has also had to grind and preserve to get to those positions he's currently in which is something the diamond can naturally appreciate. Oliveira is a very dangerous guy I think he's improving more and more in his striking putting guys down He's long, especially for that weight class, and I think he's probably the best Jiu-Jitsu practitioner on the UFC roster right now. For he told Daily Mail. He's aggressive and very offensive with his Jiu-Jitsu. He doesn't just use to protect himself. Or get out of bad position. He attacks people with it and finishes fights with it. He's So he's very dangerous. He's a very dangerous opponent who has paid his dues and fought a long time in the UFC. All respect aside, Oliveira has something Poirier wants and it's one of the things that keeps Poirier accomplished. That's keeping Poirier accomplished in the UFC in his UFC career from feeling complete. For me being undisputed world champion was the goal from the beginning, Poirier said. If I can take that box, I've done it all in the sports of mixed martial arts. The phase, done it all, could be interpreted as an expression that there would be nothing left to prove and that retirement could be next. When asked if he would look to be a dominant champion with multiple defensive or sell-off into the sunset, should he capture the elusive UFC world title, Poirier provided an even stronger hint, that his next moves would only be done outside the octagon. We'll see, man, Poirier said in his post-flight title plans. And it's post title pants, I'll probably just go and sell hot sauce. Um Okay, since this came out Diaz, Nathan Diaz, or like he likes to call him, Nathaniel. They've been chirping, bro. Because if you guys remember, I wanna say
1: When was that fight supposed to take place? I don't remember exactly, but.
0: Fourier and Diaz were supposed to fight. I'm going to say it was November 2018. Yes, November 3rd, 2018. Okay. They were supposed to fight November 3rd, 2018. The problem was they weren't announcing a a big main event and they were trying. First of all, Nate was mad that when promoting his fight, they announced Khabib versus Connor at the same event. And then so he he was like, I ain't fighting. And then supposedly he was over negotiating. That he wanted to fight at 165 for the super lightweight title division. Cause that's the name of the 165. That division doesn't exist in other organizations. just not in the UFC. So there was negotiation after negotiation that Dustin finally said, All right, dude. If he's not going to fight, I'm going to pull out. So he pulled out. Nate's very smart (laughs) because he never publicly said that he wasn't gonna fight he just said I may not fight but he never said he wasn't so he flipped the script and said oh yeah we're gonna fight but this punk pulled out before we could get to the fight so he lost I won so after he beat Connor the third time this is Dustin Nate puts out a statement he's like don't worry, Connor. I'll show you how to beat this guy. <laughs> so, <laughs> they've been chirping back and forth. So much of that. They might do the fight at 170 because there was also talks of Nate and Dustin fighting in San Diego at 170. To where Dustin kept saying yes and then Nate just said, I guess Nate just never got back to them. So, we'll see, man. Like, Again, Dustin's another guy. The world is his oyster. You get another big money fight with Diaz. And then after that, if you beat him, like think of it like this. So there's three, let's say, three major, there's Conor McGregor, there's Jorge Masvidal, and then there's Nathan Diaz. You already beat Conor twice. You're not going to fight Jorge because that's your boy you go and you beat Nate Diaz. There's two of the biggest UFC fighters in your back pocket. There's no denying you. You'll be like, all right, I just beat these two guys. I made boatloads of money. Give me my title shot. You go and you win your title shot. You become one. You get in that status like, yo, I'm the shit. Forget all these other guys, not including Jorge because it's your boy you're saying forget the other two. I beat the brakes off of those guys. I'm the shit. Start promoting me. And it may happen. Or you could go sell your hot sauce too. Again, the world is your oyster, Dustin. You deserve everything you ever gotten. Congrats, bro. Okay. So remember how there's this big Russia card for Bellator? It's supposing it's going to be Fedor's last fight. Well, last week, they announced who it was going to be. It's going to be Jim Johnson. Now, give me a sec. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Boo! Wait, 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 wait. Boo! Like, come on, Bellator. You, the world is your oyster. Come on. You're telling me you couldn't? Come to an agreement with PFL and Verdun? You're telling me you couldn't come to an agreement with Alistair Overeem, who's a free agent? You're telling me you couldn't come to an agreement with Uberim. You're telling me? You're telling me? You're gonna deprive us of Fedor Emelianenko versus Alistair Uberim. Come on, Bellator. And you're giving me this? Oh, Fedor chose that. Fedor did not choose. Let me read this article. When Fedor Emelianenko versus Tim Johnson. Again, this is no hate on Tim Johnson. Good on you, bro. This is probably going to be the biggest fight of his career. Good on him. Let me start all over. When Fedor Emelianenko versus Tim Johnson was announced, the news of booking was met with harsh reception. That's right. According to Bellator President Scott Coker, the October 23rd main event booked for Moscow was paired at the choosing of Emelianenko, I don't believe that whatsoever, himself. Free agents ranging from Junior Dos Santos, Tito Ortiz, to Jake Hager, he means Jack Swagger, were on the table, but Emelianenko wasn't interested in a fight. Booked on name recognition alone. Why not? Why? Tell me why. Emelianenko wanted someone at the top of the Bellator rankings and Johnson was the name on the tip of his tongue in June. Johnson lost a decision to Emelianenko's underling, Valentin Moldanovsky, a fight Emelianenko coached his fighter in. So you're telling me because your boy beat him, you think you could be... Bro! This is not me being a professor, this is me being a fan pissed off about all this shit, honestly, bro. What the, Where'd it go?
1: What the heck? My computer knew I was mad, so...
0: We started taking these names and Fado was really thinking about it, Coker told MMA Junkie on Thursday. When he came here for the Moldanovsky fight, he said to me, If Moldanovsky loses, I want to fight Tim Johnson. In his mind, I think he already had focus on somebody that ranked. Somebody that relevant in today's fighting. Maybe he could have got a shot against Ryan Bader in, in that sense, right? He wanted to fight Tim Johnson if he won, but he lost. I think in his mind, he had this fight in his mind. He went home and thought about it. We gave him all the names, and it was really up to him. To me, he deserves to be able to choose who he wants to to be able to fight in his last couple fights. He's going to retire after he fights this fight, and he's got one or more, and he's going to retire. To me, he's the greatest heavyweight of all time. He's accomplished so much and done so much for the sport. Okay, I have a question though. Is this gonna be his last fight? Cause by the, like from what I just read, that he's probably got one or two more left in him. If this is his last fight,
1: boo!
0: boom if not you're telling me where's the hell a chance for uberim i want to see that fight give me that fight i was supposed to get it in strike force bro but i did not get it okay i didn't i didn't get it i was supposed to get it in strike wars but bigfoot silva decided to take that away from
1: What the heck? I'm trying to see that,
0: but I'm trying to see Ubering versus a million and gold. But yet, we're getting Tim Johnson. I don't know, bro. I, this, oh, he picked that guy stuff. It's kind of sketchy to me. It's kind of sketchy to
1: me. Let's go to some current events,
0: bro. I'm already mad. One thing I want, this isn't part of current events, but one thing I want to say is congratulations to Ariel Homani. I'm glad to see the MMA hour back. Without that show, I probably wouldn't do a show like this myself. Am I as good as Ariel? Probably not. But do I hope to be in his position one day? Absolutely. Congrats, Ariel. This one. Kamar Usman opens as massive favorite over Conor McGregor in potential welterweight title fight. You know what's crazy about this? That I wouldn't be surprised if they give it to Conor. If Conor McGregor really wants to challenge for the UFC welterweight title, he's going to have to—he's going to have some serious odds against him actually becoming champion. During an, an impromptu Q&A with fans on social media, McGregor touted his future at 170, saying he would spark the current champion, Kamar Usman. In response, Usman fired back by saying, the only spark McGregor has been enjoying lately has been from the pipe you've been smoking. While it seems highly unlikely McGregor will actually get a shot at the welterweight title, especially after breaking his leg in the trilogy fight with Dustin Poirier that dropped his record to 1-3 and three in his past four fights, there are now odds on, pot- on the potential matchup. According to the oddsmakers at sportsbetting.ag, Usman has opened as an overwhelming favorite in possible matchup against McGregor who has only competed at welterweight a handful of times in his career. Kamar Usman, minus 700. Jesus Christ. Conor McGregor, plus 450. Jesus Christ. Okay, I'm going to try to translate those numbers for you guys. I'm not very good at this, but... From what I understand, this is how it works. For every hundred you bet. So for so to break to gain a hundred back, you have to bet eight hundred on Kamar Usman. If you bet a hundred on Conor McGregor, you get five hundred and fifty. Oh no no. Okay. Then you have to bet seven hundred to win back a hundred while wow. betting a hundred. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So to win eight hundred, you have to bet seven hundred on Usman. To win five fifty, you have to bet four. You have to bet a hundred on on Conor McGregor. In terms of odd history, Usman hasn't been favored to win a fight by this wide margin since before he was champion and got matched up with fellow welterweight Emile Meek. On that night, Usman was a minus 705 favorite, so slightly ahead of his opening odds with McGregor. Since becoming champion, Usman has been a dominant force in the UFC with lopsided victories over Kobe Covington Lopsided over Kobe Covington, that's a stretch. Gilbert Burns, I'll give it to you. And a pair of wins over Jorge Masvidal. Usman is currently ranked number one in the pound-for-pound in the sports, according to MMA Global Fighting. In the sport, according to MMA Global Fighting rankings as well. As for McGregor, he's probably going to focus more on his recovery from his broken leg than worrying about his future showdown with, with Usman. McGregor underwent emergency surgery just after the injury occurred in July and it's likely he won't be able to compete again until 2022 depending on his recovery. Eesh. We got Kobe next. Oh man. I guess we'll read this. Saul Solis, Saul Solis who has coached the likes of Tito Ortiz, Chris Cyborg, many other notable names in the world of mixed martial arts has died. Sources confirmed the news to MMA fighting on Tuesday following multiple posts on social media. Solis was 55 years old. According to a longtime social media post from a longtime friend, John Gomez Solis passed away on Tuesday due to a long, hard fight with COVID-19. Most recently, Solis was a part of Team Ortiz's coaching staff on two seasons of The Ultimate Fighter was the head coach of Metro Fight Club in Houston, which has developed the likes of surging UFC battleweight prospects Adrian Yanez and Mana Martinez, who was scheduled to make his promotional debut this Saturday at UFC 34 before he was forced to withdraw for undisclosed reasons. Solis coached a slew of former and pride world champions throughout his nearly two decades of combat sports instruction, which include Ortiz, Cyborg, Quinn, Jackson, and Mark Coleman, along with other legends and pioneers such as Mark Kern and Kevin Randleman. Following the news the of his passing, MMA community showed an outpouring tribute towards Solis and what he has done throughout his incredible coaching career. This is Michael Bisbee. Just learned the incredible sad news that Coach Saul Solis has passed away. A great man and truly one of the best coaches I've worked with. Anyone knows what happened and literally just saw a post. But no info. Rest in peace, Saul. You made a huge impression on me when you coached me on tough. And then this is his response to the news that it was COVID. Truly devastating. Anyone denying the dangers of COVID need to wisen up. This isn't a game. Rest in peace, Saúl Solís. This isn't Mike Jackson. What would Coach Saúl say if someone was talking shit? Nothing, because I I (laughs) wouldn't know. I'd be at home on the couch watching TV. One of the greatest men I've ever had the pleasure of calling a friend and coach. Was called home today. I love you, Coach.
1: Rest easy. This is
0: Tim Crater. He was part of. Forrest Griffin when him and Quinton. I am absolutely gutted when I heard the news. My heart stopped and I could not catch. My breath. I don't know if I ever thanked you enough for everything you did for me. I am not sure if I ever told you how much I appreciate and cherish your enormous impact on my life. You built me into a fighter and into a better man. You did nothing but. You did it all for nothing but love. You taught me how to be a real coach and a real mentor. I am really struggling with this one. And I want you to know I love you, Sal. Thank you for everything, brother. You were the realest in the game and my coach. Rest in peace, Coach Saul Solis. Damn. Hope it's no joke, everybody. Everybody saying that this is a joke. It's not a fucking joke. I'm not trying to tell you what to do, but it's not a joke. For people saying this is a hoax, you might be a hoax.
1: All right, we're moving on to the last thing.
0: Honor McGregor goes on another t- <laughs> tweet storm to harass Fat Mez Daniel Cormier. Daniel, I am not calling you that. That is the title of the, the article. Don't get mad at me. Honor McGregor's Twitter fingers are running rapid again. This time the target is Daniel Cormier. The Irish has been on Twitter... The Irishman, not the Irish, sorry. On a Twitter rampage since losing to Dustin Poirier at UFC 264 and no one is safe. First, McGregor went after rival Khabib Nurmagomedov, targeting his late father who died of complications stemming from COVID-19, which did not set well with Cormier. The 42-year-old former MMA star and current commentator believed McGregor crossed the line with his diss, which made McGregor focus his attentions on Cormier. Daniel Cormier is a fat man is getting into worse condition day by day. God bless him. Showing up drunk at media events the very day before he was in the booth calling my fight. Drunk at a media event working the day before being a commentator on the biggest fight in history, McGregor said in a deleted tweet. McGregor is referring to a media appearance following the UFC 264 wins ins of the former MMA fighter was drinking and shotgunning beers with Laura Sanko as he was supposed to, however, McGregor did not know that and kept going off on Cormier. It is a stackable offense for a commentator to be drunk at press work the day before commentating the big fight. Dreadful. Get it together. Belching in the mic at a press event and all. What the fuck? The day before commentating the big fight? Is this guy serious? Disgraceful. Your back situation is just mental too. Your weight and way of life is abysmal. And now drunk at work the day before, you're commentating a McGregor event? Pitiful. Congrats, John, on his head kick KO anniversary over you. Good always defeats evil. Wasn't sure you were evil. Fakes, McGregor wrote in a series of deleted tweets. Sanko, Cormier's co-host at the event, rushed to his defense. She revealed that he was not, in fact, drunk, and he did his job as he was supposed to. I can assure everyone he wasn't actually drunk. DC is a funny guy and was having fun. He's twice my size. We drank the same as well just as fast. Well, almost, and I was fine. He was joking around. He is a true professional on all levels, Sanko tweeted. Poirier ended the feud by letting McGregor know that he should not worry about him and that he should start worrying about himself. McGregor is coming off a leg surgery following his loss to Poirier and lost three of his last four fights. McGregor McGregor currently holds a 22-6 record. I have a question, though. Do you guys think, like, Conor gets all... Loaded like like do you think he's like drinking and then like he's tweeting all this crazy stuff and And then like he realizes what he's saying and then he deletes it I mean that still doesn't make it okay, but I just wonder But I wonder, like he might he might he might just be hitting the bottle and then bam, you know what I mean But anyway guys, this is what I got for you I apologize for being away for so long. The show will be back next week. Enjoy your day, guys. Deuces.